stay persistent in educating humanity on how similar we all are than different. Every disability has an ability in it. That's what they say. Therefore, it is our responsibility to bring it out when we find ourselves in such position. If the woman will continue after this timeout. Today on the program, we have a woman of substance that is contributing her own quota to the community. She is Mrs. Beatrice Aga, an active volunteer at Inclusive Education First Aid, IEFA, a pan-African organization that provides inclusive education services and advocacy for families of children with special needs in rural communities and has joined the team in providing advocacy training and mentorship for children and adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities in Lagos, Abia, and Republic of Benin. Mrs. Beatrice Aga also provides soft skill trainings for adults with special needs. She's married with lovely children. Welcome to the program, Mrs. Aga. Thank you very much. All right, it's good to have you on the program this morning. You know, while I was doing that introduction, I mentioned a particular quote that is quite common and said that it says, ability in disability. I want you to expatiate a little bit on that. Tell us, really, what that statement means. Okay. Once again, I'm glad to be here. The question you just asked me about the ability and disability. Yes, we all as human beings, in one way or the other, we have our own disability. There are things you don't know that another person knows. So in one way or the other, in that form, that area that you that those things you can do, that in that area is your own form of disability. And then we also have where we have our own strength, which is our area of ability. So that's a little I can explain to that uh, question. What really motivated you to choose, you know, this path of helping people with disability? Yes, the reason why I chose it is because most of these people we see, you know, when we see these children with this disability, not children, there are some which are who are adults too. Okay. When you see them, people in our society they count them off as if we are just waiting for them to uh, live and die. The number of the maybe they are just useless. They count them as if they are useless. But I've seen people who follow these these people up, and then at the end of the day, they came out well. So I saw it as no uh, hope was not lost with people like this. And then let's go out and then create awareness to people about these uh, people. Because most of us, we count them, we say they are demonic. 
Meanwhile, it's not demonic. It's just little thing. When we at least we put heads together, they can come out better. And then we count it as this thing is maybe which one which from the village that did this or that that caused this uh, problem to that person. So, but when you are educated, mm. that's as uh, um, the uh, the name of this uh, uh, is called IFE, um, Inclusive Education for First Aid. When you educate one about something you don't know, and that person comes to the knowledge of that thing, there must be a change. Mm. Why do you think, um, you know, because while you were talking, you said that some people see some of these children as being demonic and all that. Why do you think that kind of idea came from, that when you see a particular child that has maybe... Uh, that is challenged one way or the other, we quickly want to say, ah, it has to be so-so and so person that is responsible for this. It's because of the, the kind of uh, environment that we are living in it today. People jump into conclusion, little things, they turn it to spiritual. And these things may not be spiritual. I'm not saying that we don't have uh, spiritual, that spiritual things doesn't happen spiritually too. They happen, but at times all is not as a result of spiritual problem. It may be maybe one thing went wrong when the child was in the womb and then such a problem occurred. And so it's not really spiritual, but we like concluding that these things, because most of the times the way the children behave, most of them you see that they have the strength of 20 people. And then you want to relate it to the Bible, what you saw in the Bible, how this man, the, the, the one that Jesus casted out the man from, that he was behaving like that, you think it's also maybe you are trying to relate that child's issue to that. And then we now conclude that it's spiritual. Most of the times they are not spiritual. I'm not saying that we should count spiritual this and out of it too, but at times they are not spiritual. So, how long have you been doing this? For how long have you been into this uh, line? It's five years. So, what has your experience been like? Have you been able to educate people on, especially when it comes to some of these beliefs? Well, we, like, when I traveled to, the first place we traveled to was Bene, Bene Republic. And so, it was in a school. The teachers, they were trying to express, express their, the, the, what they have seen in children, children in their schools. And they were saying that this child behaved like this, behaved like this. And they themselves were scared. By the time we tried explaining how they can handle these children, remember it's first aid. When we tried to explain to them how they can handle these children, they were so happy. There are some that you just when you bring out maybe a counting uh, object to them, by the time you are trying to do that, you are calming that child down. And when we are talking about that to them, you see, they were happy. And then when they tried to pass this information that we gave them, we had great difference. The child started behaving normal, which they themselves were happy. Even the parents were happy. So doing this, even in Abia states, in Abia State, when we went there, went to Abba and uh, Umahia, we had some rich women because most of the schools reject these children. They said other parents, when they come around and they see a child like that in their class, they say, this child is demonic. This child, my own child can never stay beside this child. And then taking these children to where you see same children is of no help to them. At least when you take them to where 
they see other children that are better than them. Let me use that language. That are the ones that can speak, the ones that can walk. You know, most of them cannot walk. It depends on their own uh, disability. Mm. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, some walk, you can't even know. It's only when that child starts reacting, when that child starts uh, his own uh, this strength, that you know that this is what is wrong with this uh, child. So when the woman saw it, when she heard about it, she was so happy that at least her child now can go to regular school. Her child can also join other children. Not taking that child to where you just dump them. Their lifestyle, everybody around them is behaving the same. So how would they cope? Since everybody around that child is behaving like that child, nobody to learn from. You can't hear someone saying, come. Everybody there cannot talk. So how would that child? So when she heard about it, she was very happy. And then we create the awareness there. And then they took up from that place train the teachers and then that child now as i'm speaking to you now is in school normal school wow i understand that you chose to work in rural communities why i mean for people quite a number of us will prefer to be the urban you know places where of course we can make a lot of noise we want to be seen we want to be heard and all that but you chose uh, to work in rural communities Yes, uh, you know, most of these people, as I said earlier, most rural communities, they don't know anything about this. They know nothing about it. And when you go there now, you are trying to educate them. You are trying to create awareness. You are trying to also help that person. That that person, it seems as if there is no help coming forth to that person. No help, they are there, no one to come to their aid. Far, far, they don't have anyone. No one is listening to them. But when you go there, you reach, you are trying to reach hands, you are helping hands to them. That is the aim why we go to these rural places, rural communities, so that you can help these people that have no one. No one to come to their aid. No one telling them, no one even to tell them, this is what you can give to this child. So working with those places, give us joy. Give me joy too, because at least you are trying to help someone from that are trying to bring that person to let that one that person know what is happening outside the world so when you talk about uh, some of this help and the trainings you provide because i understand you also uh, provide soft skills i want you to talk about some of these skills that you provide what, what are these skills or trainings the ones you have for children you talk about it then we talk about the one you have for adults with disabilities as well the children for the children what we do there in their schools you know there are some children who know how to in that their disability they still have their own ability most of them can draw most of them can paint that's when they are calm when you have succeeded in bringing them calming them down you see there's there's something that they can do better than the other person so when you have discovered what that child can do you pick up from that area you pick up with that child with that thing. And then if it's drawing, that's act. You pick up with that. The artwork with that child, you pick up with that. Then with adults, we have adults that we just finished training. That was 2018. 2019 was the COVID. 2020 was COVID, yeah. Yes, 2020, yeah. 2019, yeah. Okay. So we just finished with them. They were like, I be what are 20 something? So we had most of them. We discovered that, you know, out of these people, some said they want to become lawyers. Some said they want to become pastors. Some said they would want to become teachers. From teaching them, from interacting with them, you now realize what they are good at. And then we were even trying to train them in that area, that area they are good at. Because some said want to trade. 
that are selling in their mom's shop, they want to have their own business, and then you train them. Once you have discovered that area that that person is good at, we pick up from that place, start training that person on that very particular, and then they were given certificates. Mm. They gave them certificates. So now it's just now for the society, uh, like my boss now is looking for where they will place them. People that will accept them. It still bounces back to that. Some people are still looking at them. What can this one offer? Mm, the acceptability mm. of such people. Yes. Yeah, so that's where we are looking at now. They are ready. They are trained already. So they are ready to go out there. And then gradually they'll start putting into practice what they have in them. Mm. All right. Uh, but what, what if you discover uh, some that, okay, maybe this person wants to be this, but really does not have such capacity do you advise or how do you because you know that some people can be uh, very adamant mm -hmm. like oh, this is what i want to do but you see that you really cannot do this you do not have the capacity how do you help them and channel their strength to the capacity that they have and when you discover that this same person let's say he wants to be a teacher and you don't know how to talk mm -hmm. a teacher must know how to talk a teacher must be intelligent, you know how to relate to your students. And then you see that that person does not have it. You have to know the other area where that person is good at. As a teacher, you know that this person cannot talk. You, they listen, they hear. They are not deaf. So you can come to that, tell that person that this area you are choosing, you like it. You try to know why he or she is true in looking at teaching, teaching. You know why it's because she used to see her teacher in the class and is falling in love with teaching. And then you try to know why that person is trying to look at that area. And then if you know that, you also find out what that person is good at. And then break it down to her or he that this is not your field. This is what you can do. And this is what you can do better. Which can Because what we are trying to let them know, their parents may not be, they will not be there forever. One day, one day, the parents may go. And then our siblings may not be there too. But that little thing now, that is the main reason for training them. That little thing they are doing can also put food on their table. Hmm. So you have to let that person know that this area you are looking at cannot give you that thing, cannot give you, cannot put food on your table. So you try to channel them to that area that they, that can provide food for them. Of course, you know, when we talk about some of these issues, uh, you also want to look at government intervention. I know Lagos State has a particular ministry dedicated to people living with disabilities and all that. From the places you'd visited, of course, you mentioned some states in Nigeria. What really is the government of these states doing to really ensure that people living with disabilities are not left behind or left out of, you know, happenings in the society? Uh, the places where we visited, most of the places where we, the schools we visited were private schools. But I also know that governments, government is not left behind here because we know what the government is doing. We know the government has schools for children with disability. Mm. We know they have school for them. We have, I've gone to some when I was looking for admission for one of the children there. I went there, I saw signers, those that cannot talk 
people that use sign language to teach them. I know they have provided opportunities, they have provided things on ground for them too in some states. Okay. They have done that. I know the government is not left behind here because these are citizens. Yeah. They are citizens of the states, so they are not left behind. Most of them, when you invite them, tell them about this, they support, they bring their support. Individuals also do that. They bring their supports to support these children. So government is not left behind. Like as I said, where we went to were private schools. It was not the government uh, school. Okay. Then um, the issue of stigmatization, you know, while you were talking, you said some parents will say, no, I don't want this kind of child to... Uh, to stay with my child. child and all that. How can we really tackle this one? Because it's a major issue we have. What can we do to tackle this? I just want parents to understand that no child asked for that. No child was coming into this world that decided, I want to be like this. I want to be deformed in this area. No child asked for that. They came out and they saw themselves like that. And it can be you. It can be the other person. So when you bring that child, that's bringing down to yourself, what if it was my own child? Will I be happy if this person is treating my child like this? Will I be happy? The child is paying. It's paying, let's say in the school, your own child is paying fee and that child is also paying. Which means this child also have full rights as yours. And then remember, it may be your own. It may be your sister's own. And then if that child is being treated the way you are treating another person's own, how will you feel? So I just want parents to understand that trying to avoid this and trying to make them look as if they cost that to themselves is not the right thing. We have to open our arms, welcome them, make them feel belong, show them love, show them love so that these children will feel like going to school. I remember one that was enrolled to this normal school. That child was very happy. Whenever he says time for school, he was happy to go. But when that child you see that other children there, they are pushing him aside, that child will not want to leave the house. We want to stay there. I may not even try to move. That child will not even want to share what he, he or she is passing through. And you see that the child is dying silently. So we should try to take away that area in our, in our schools as parents, in our, even in our churches, not only schools. We meet them everywhere. You meet them even in the bus. You meet them. Try to show some love. That Nobody asks for that. No child asks for that. All right. Thank you so much, Mrs. Beatrice Aga. At this point, are you on social media? Maybe those who might also want to get to know more about uh, what you do at the Inclusive Education First Aid. Uh, maybe your social media handles and your contact as well. You want to give out your WhatsApp number or yeah. under your Facebook uh, the same for, um, phone number I use for WhatsApp is what I use on um, Facebook too, which is 081-038-6738. Again? 081-030-6738. All right. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Mrs. Beatrice Aga, for joining us on the program this morning and we wish you well as you continue to render great help to humanity. And that's a word to each and everyone listening this morning that we also should uh, be responsible when it comes to the issue of people or persons living with disability. If the woman returns in a minute.
step assistant in educating humanity on how similar we all are than different. Every disability has an ability in it. That's what they say. Therefore, it is our responsibility to bring it out when we find ourselves in such position. If the woman will continue after this timeout. Today on the program, we have a woman of substance that is contributing her own quota to the community. She is Mrs. Beatrice Aga, an active volunteer at Inclusive Education First Aid, IEFA, a pan-African organization that provides inclusive education services and advocacy for families of children with special needs in rural communities and has joined the team in providing advocacy training and mentorship for children and adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities in Lagos, Abia, and Republic of Benin. Mrs. Beatrice Aga also provides soft skill trainings for adults with special needs. She's married with lovely children. Welcome to the program, Mrs. Aga. Thank you very much. All right, it's good to have you on the program this morning. You know, while I was doing that introduction, I mentioned a particular quote that is quite common and said that it says, ability in disability. I want you to expatiate a little bit on that. Tell us really what that statement means. Okay. Once again, I'm glad to be here. The question you just asked me about the ability and disability. Yes, we all as human beings, in one way or the other, we have our own disability. There are things you don't know that another person knows. So in one way or the other, in that form, that area that you, that those things you can do, that in that area is your own form of disability. And then we also have where we have our own strength which is our area of ability. So that's a little I can explain to that uh, question. What really motivated you to choose, you know, this path of helping people with disability? Yes, the reason why I chose it is because most of these people we see, you know, when we see these children with this disability, not children, there are some which are, who are adults too. Okay. When you see them, People in our society, they count them off as if we are just waiting for them to uh, live and die. The number of the maybe they are just useless. They count them as if they are useless. But I've seen people who follow this through, these people up and then at the end of the day, they came out well. So I saw it as no, a hope was not lost with people like this. And then let's go out and then create awareness so people about these uh, people, because most of us, we count them, we say they are demonic. 
Meanwhile, it's not demonic. It's just little thing. When we at least we put heads together, they can come out better. And then we count it as this thing is maybe which one witch from the village that did this or that that caused this uh, problem to that person. So, but when you are educated, mm. that's as uh, um, the uh, the name of this uh, uh, is called IFE, um, Inclusive Education for First Aid. When you educate one about something you don't know, and that person comes to the knowledge of that thing, there must be a change. Mm. Why do you think, um, you know, because while you were talking, you said that some people see some of these children as being demonic and all that. Why do you think that kind of idea came from that when you see a particular child that has maybe a, that is challenged one way or the other, we quickly want to say, ah, it has to be so so and so person that is responsible for this. It's because of the the kind of uh, environment that we are living in it today. People jump into conclusion, little thing they turn it to spiritual, and these things may not be spiritual. I'm not saying that we don't have uh, spiritual that spiritual things uh, doesn't happen spiritually too. They happen, but at times all. Oh, it's not as a result of spiritual problem. It may be, maybe one thing went wrong when the child was in the womb and then such a problem occur. And so it's not really spiritual, but we like concluding that these things, because most of the times the way the children behave, most of them you see that they have the strength of 20 people. And then you want to relate it to the Bible, what you saw in the Bible, how this man, the, the, the one that Jesus casted out the man from, that he was behaving like that, you think it's also maybe you are trying to relate that child's issue to that. And then we now conclude that it's spiritual. Most of the times they are not spiritual. I'm not saying that we should count spiritual this and out of it too, but at times they are not spiritual. So, how long have you been doing this? For how long have you been into this uh, line? It's five years. So, what has your experience been like? How have you been able to educate people on, especially when it comes to some of these beliefs? Well, we, like, when I traveled to, the first place we traveled to was Bene, Bene Republic. And so, it was in a school. The teachers, they were trying to express, express their, the, the, what they have seen in children, children in their schools. And they were saying that this child behaved like this, behaved like this. And they themselves were scared. By the time we tried explaining how they can handle the children, remember it's first aid. When we tried to explain to them how they can handle the children, they were so happy. There are some that you just when you bring out maybe a counting uh, object to them by the time you are trying to do that you are calming that child down and when we are talking about that to them you see they were happy and then when they tried to pass this information that we gave them we had great difference the child started behaving normal which they themselves were happy even the parents were happy so doing this even in Abia states in Abia State, when we went there, went to Abba and uh, Umahia, we had some rich women because most of the schools reject these children. They said other parents, when they come around and they see a child like that in their class, they say, this child is demonic. This child, my own child can never stay beside this child. And then taking these children to where you see same children is of no help to them. At least when you take them to where 
they see other children that are better than them. Let me use that language. That are the ones that can speak, the ones that can walk. You know, most of them cannot walk. It depends on their own uh, disability. Mm. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, some walk, you can't even know. It's only when that child starts reacting, when that child starts uh, his own uh, this strength, that you know that this is what is wrong with this uh, child. So when the woman saw it, when she heard about it, she was so happy that at least her child now can go to regular school. Her child can also join other children. Not taking that child to where you just dump them. Their lifestyle, everybody around them is behaving the same. So how would they cope? Since everybody around that child is behaving like that child, nobody to learn from. You can't hear someone saying, come. Everybody there cannot talk. So how would that child? So when she heard about it, she was very happy. And then we create the awareness there. And then they took up from that place train the teachers and then that child now as i'm speaking to you now is in school normal school wow i understand that you chose to work in rural communities why i mean for people quite a number of us will prefer to be the urban you know places where of course we can make a lot of noise we want to be seen we want to be heard and all that but you chose uh, to work in rural communities Yes, uh, you know, most of these people, as I said earlier, most rural communities, they don't know anything about this. They know nothing about it. And when you go there now, you are trying to educate them. You are trying to create awareness. You are trying to also help that person. That that person, it seems as if there is no help coming forth to that person. No help, they are there, no one to come to their aid. Far, far, they don't have anyone. No one is listening to them. But when you go there, you reach, you are trying to reach hands, you are helping hands to them. That is the aim why we go to these rural places, rural communities, so that you can help these people that have no one. No one to come to their aid. No one telling them, no one even to tell them, this is what you can give to this child. So working with those places give us joy. Give me joy too, because at least you are trying to help someone from that. They're trying to bring that person to let that one that person know what is happening outside the world. So when you talk about uh, some of this help and the trainings you provide, because I understand you also uh, provide soft skills. I want you to talk about some of these skills that you provide. What, what are these skills or trainings? The ones you have for children, you talk about it, then we talk about the one you have for adults. With disabilities as well the children for the children what we do there in their schools you know there are some children who know how to in that their disability they still have their own ability most of them can draw most of them can paint that's when they are calm when you have succeeded in bringing them calming them down you see there's there's something that they can do better than the other person so when you have discovered what that child can do you pick up from that area you pick up with that child with that thing. And then if it's drawing, that's act. You pick up with that, the artwork with that child, you pick up with that. Then with adults, we have adults that we just finished training. That was 2018. 2019 was the COVID. 2020 was COVID, yeah. Yes, 2020, yeah. 2019, yeah. Okay. So we just finished with them. They were like, I be what are 20 something? So we had most of them. We discovered that, you know, out of these people, some said they want to become lawyers. Some said they want to become pastors. Some said they would want to become teachers. From teaching them, from interacting with them, you now realize what they are good at. And then we were even trying to train them in that area, that area they are good at. Because some said want to trade. 
they're selling in their mom's shop, they want to have their own business, and then you train them. Once you have discovered that area that that person is good at, we pick up from that place, start training that person on that very particular, and then they were given certificates. Mm. They gave them certificates. So now, it's just now for the society, uh, like my boss now is looking for where they will place them. People that will accept them. It's sick bounce back to that. Some people are still looking at them. What can this one offer? Mm, the acceptability mm. of such people. Yes, so that's where we are looking at now. They are ready. They are trained already. So they are ready to go out there. And then, gradually, they'll start putting into practice what they have in them. Mm. All right. Uh, but what, what if you discover uh, some that, okay, maybe this person wants to be this, but really does not have such capacity? Do you advise or how do you, because you know that some people can be uh, very adamant, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is what I want to do, but you see that you really cannot do this. You do not have the capacity. How do you help them and channel their strength to the capacity that they have? And when you discover that this same person, let's say he wants to be a teacher and you don't know how to talk, mm-hmm. a teacher must know how to talk a teacher must be intelligent, you know how to relate to your students. And then you see that that person does not have it. You have to know the other area where that person is good at. As a teacher, you know that this person cannot talk. You, they listen, they hear. They are not deaf. So you can come to that, tell that person that this area you are choosing, you like it. You try to know why he or she is through, uh, looking at teaching, teaching. You know why it's because she used to see her teacher in the class and is falling in love with teaching. And then you try to know why that person is trying to look at that area. And then if you know that, you also find out what that person is good at. And then break it down to her or he that this is not your field. This is what you can do. And this is what you can do better. Which can Because what we are trying to let them know, their parents may not be, they will not be there forever. One day, one day, the parents may go. And then our siblings may not be there too. But that little thing now, that is the main reason for training them. That little thing they are doing can also put food on their table. Hmm. So you have to let that person know that this area you are looking at cannot give you that thing, cannot give you, cannot put food on your table. So you try to channel them to that area that they, that can provide food for them. Of course, you know, when we talk about some of these issues, uh, you also want to look at government intervention. I know Lagos State has a particular ministry dedicated to people living with disabilities and all that. From the places you'd visited, of course, you mentioned some states in Nigeria. What really is the government of these states doing to really ensure that people living with disabilities are not left behind or left out of, you know, happenings in the society? Uh, the places where we visited, most of the places where we, the schools we visited were private schools. But I also know that governments, government is not left behind here because we know what the government is doing. We know the government has schools for children with disability. Mm. We know they have school for them. We have, I've gone to some when I was looking for admission for one of the children there. I went there, I saw signers, those that cannot talk 
people that use sign language to teach them. I know they have provided opportunities, they have provided things on ground for them too in some states. Okay. They have done that. I know the government is not left behind here because these are our citizens. Yeah. They are citizens of the states, so they are not left behind. Most of them, when you invite them, tell them about this, they support. They bring their support. Individuals also do that. They bring their supports to support these children. So government is not left behind. Like as I said, where we went to were private schools. It was not the government uh, school. Okay. Then um, the issue of stigmatization, you know, while you were talking, you said some parents will say, no, I don't want this kind of child to uh, stay stay with my My child." child and all that. How can we really tackle this one? Because it's a major issue we have. What can we do to tackle this? I just want parents to understand that no child asked for that. No child was coming into this world that decided, I want to be like this. I want to be deformed in this area. No child asked for that. They came out and they saw themselves like that. And it can be you. It can be the other person. So when you bring that child, that's bringing down to yourself, what if it was my own child? Will I be happy if this person is treating my child like this? Will I be happy? The child is paying. It's paying, let's say in the school, your own child is paying fee and that child is also paying. Which means this child also have full rights as yours. And then remember, it may be your own. It may be your sister's own. And then if that child is being treated the way you are treating another person's own, how will you feel? So I just want parents to understand that trying to avoid this, trying to make them look as if they cost that to themselves is not the right thing. We have to open our arms, welcome them, make them feel belong, show them love, show them love so that these children will feel like going to school. I remember one that was enrolled to this normal school. That child was very happy. Whenever he says time for school, he was happy to go. But when that child you see that other children there, they are pushing him aside. That child will not want to leave the house. We want to stay there. I may not even try to. That child will not even want to share what he, he or she is passing through. And you see that the child is dying silently. So we should try to take away that area in our in our schools as parents, in our even in our churches, not only schools. We meet them everywhere. You meet them even in the bus. You meet them. Try to show some love. That nobody asks for that. No child asks for that. All right. Thank you so much, Mrs. Beatrice Aga. At this point, are you on social media? Maybe those who might also want to get to know more about uh, what you do at the Inclusive Education First Aid. Uh, maybe your social media handles and your contact as well. You want to give out your WhatsApp number or yeah. under your Facebook and the same for, um, phone number I use for WhatsApp is what I use on um, Facebook too, which is 081-038-6738. Again? 0810-380-6738. All right. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Mrs. Beatrice Aga, for joining us on the program this morning and we wish you well as you continue to render great help to humanity and that's a word to each and everyone listening this morning that we also should uh, be responsible when it comes to the issue of people or persons living with disability if the woman returns in a minute <laughs> 